I'll answer the question because I was guilty of this. I hate to admit that again, but there were so many times when I approached our problems from that analytic, di diagnostic, detached way of dealing with our problems. And I can still remember being in this house, being in our bedroom where you were standing exactly when you said, you're using your counselor voice on me. I need you to be in the fight with me, not outside of it, mm -hmm. diagnosing it. Mm -hmm. Welcome to the Secure Marriage Podcast, where we believe it's possible to fight less, feel understood, and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. We're your hosts, Paul and Shannon Elmore, and on today's episode, why making your spouse take responsibility never works. Never works. Never. In fact, oftentimes, it comes to bite you in the, the butt. butt. <laughs> yes, it does. We're going to tell you why <laughs> your buttocks should not be bitten. Ready? <laughs> or how to prevent it from being bitten. How to prevent <laughs> your buttocks getting bitten. Maybe that's what we should have called this episode. If someone if someone just scrubs through, they just start listening to the podcast episode right there. They're gonna go, "What is what? this podcast about?" We promise it will all make sense. Ready? Here we go. Okay. Let's try this one. We'll see if we use it or not, but we can try this one. You ready? Mm-hmm. Often my wife and I have several misunderstandings, and I try and talk with her about how and why we can resolve these issues. Oftentimes, instead of getting into heated debates with her, I merely give her space and time and try days later after things have cooled down a bit. But what I'm noticing is that no matter how rational I explain how we can avoid these misunderstandings, we always come back to her not wanting to take any responsibility or accountability in her role of the misunderstandings that we keep having. I explained to her that in a relationship, it takes two people to have a misunderstanding. And if you don't believe you had no part in all of our misunderstandings, then that's the way a narcissist acts. No one person is always right. And the other person is always wrong. That's packed with a whole <laughs> bunch of stuff. Isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Where do you want to go with that one? Do you want to oh, start with that one? Or do you want me to start with this you one? You go ahead and start. Here's a couple of things that stand out really quickly to me. Um, a couple of things. One is if he's trying to give her some space to kind of cool down and think yes. about it and things like that. That's not a bad tactic. That's no. really kind of wise to kind of um, when people are in a really bad state of mind, they typically aren't listening or open right. and receptive. Exactly. And so trying to kind of come back to things and get them resolved when you're in a better state of mind is a wise thing to do. But if you come back into that conversation in what I call teacher mode or uh -huh. um, what you've often referred to as counselor voice, uh -huh. occupational hazard of being married to a therapist, um, it puts him in a higher position, one up position and puts her in a lower position. We had an argument the other day, and I want to let you know, dear, kind of um, the, the attitude I've seen in you and things that you need to do to kind of get better at that. Here's what I've noticed. Do you want to talk about this? If that was the tone that you approached the conversation. Your wife is just shaking her head no. <laughs> that's not going to be a fantastic state or um, positional uh, 
position to, right. to be in because it will trigger that defensive brain. Yeah. If you want to use some fancy schmancy terms for this, we can go back to what's called transactional analysis back from the 60s where it talks about people relate in either a parent, adult, or child mode. And if you approach someone in a parental mode, you typically are talking to someone because you see them in a child state. And a wife does not want to be treated like a child. No. You need to come at it as adult to adult. You need to come at it equitably in some way. Right. The other thing, red flag, I see in all of this is if she is still struggling to kind of take responsibility or if the that one-up position is triggering um, some of that defensiveness in her and then he tries to explain how she's acting like a narcissist, I think the conversation is done at that point. Right. I don't think anybody is going to be really open or receptive to talking anymore if they are hearing that that my spouse believes I am a narcissist. Right. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> There's a lot there. Right. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking about, um, I'm curious what, how it is or what he says, because um, he talks about how, how he, no matter how rational he explains, how they can avoid the misunderstandings. There you go. Good catch too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, rational doesn't always work in an emotional situation. Not that he's doing it during the emotional situation, but the situation was an emotional one. Does that make sense? There were yes. emotions in that. Yeah. Um, but typically when someone is, is explaining, trying to explain it in a rational way like that, it comes across as I'm right and you're wrong and you need to change how you're doing things. If you would just do it, it, this, then we wouldn't have these misunderstandings. Right, right. And he's trying to think his way out of a feelings problem. Yes. Instead of approaching it from an empathetic position and offering comfort and care and connection before you get to the cognitive. Right. Cognitive and is important, but if you start there, you oftentimes don't earn the credibility um, for your audience to listen to you. Right. That's really, really important. And it sounds like he's playing to his strengths like a lot of um, uh, rational husbands do. And again, I'm not, I'm not, we're not picking on him here. We're kind of diagnosing the whole situation as right. described by him. Right. Um, but there are a lot of uh, husbands, especially if you tend to be more analytic mm -hmm. in your personality, in the way you approach life, you see things as kind of a mathematical equation of, well, if this happened, let's rewind the clock. And it was caused by this here. And that was caused by this here. And that was caused by this thing over here. So if we can avoid the catalyst you know a over here right. then b won't happen then c won't happen and then we won't end up in this place over here and his analysis might be absolutely correct but nobody's going to listen to him because that's not what is necessary to restore relationship right. in that moment right well like when when you and i have disagreements or get into fights or arguments or whatever you want to call them because they're all varied in what they yeah. are um and if if i if if i feel like my feelings have been hurt first yeah and you 
but your feelings got hurt in the process or maybe yours were hurt first and I didn't know, but you came and told me, well, it takes two people to have a misunderstanding. Yeah. It'd be like, well, you don't care about my feelings. Yeah. And so that would make me just push harder and not be able to get to a point where I actually recognize and understand that I have yeah. hurt you and that I have played a part of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Here's so the that recognizing recognize having empathy first yeah, huge is is super important because obviously she's already in um what's the opposite of a rational mind irrational mind no survival brain survival brain thank you uh, she's in her survival brain already and yeah. and and even if it's several days later yeah. it's still raw and tender because it hasn't been resolved so coming from that rational cognitive yeah. Yeah. way first you still Definitely. have to address the the emotional yeah. aspect and the empathy piece there's also another piece playing into this this is really fun to kind of diagnose and kind of uh identify all the little pieces that are playing in this we have a covert contract happening in the midst of this because it sounds like he's approaching this by saying i will admit what i've done wrong i'll take responsibility for what i did mm -hmm. wrong now it's your turn to admit what you've done wrong and and if you don't do that, then then I don't want to continue to admit what I've done wrong. I'm, mm. I'm only admitting what I did wrong so that you will admit what you've done wrong. Right. There has to be a way to do that. Here's the reality. And I would actually disagree with kind of his original premise in all this. There have been many, many, many times when I have been completely wrong to you. You haven't done anything wrong. It isn't one, both of us are wrong in the misunderstanding. It is one of us is wrong right. and the other person is being wronged. Yes. And there isn't the necessity for both of us to take responsibility in every situation. In fact, majority of the time it is, I need to take responsibility for what I've done wrong. Whether you take responsibility or not, that's up to you. But I'm gonna take responsibility for what I have done wrong because I can only be responsible for myself. I can only be accountable to myself. And right. I can't make you. I was gonna say, and there's nothing that you can do to make me take responsibility. Take responsibility. Yeah, not at all. So I would even challenge the in, initial premise of this, which is no, it doesn't take two people to be wrong every time for every misunderstanding. Usually it's predominantly 90-10, you know, 80-20, where one person is is in a wrong state of mind or has a wrong position or reacts improperly at one point, and they just take responsibility for that and let the other person be the, be the other person. Right. That would be a lot easier. You can get a lot further traction with some of sure. this. And I just wonder if, if in, in his mind or in this particular situation that he's talking about, if, you know, maybe he's done something wrong and then her response back to him was poor. So that means they both have to take responsibility. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, I totally get that. So, but, but there's been plenty of times when I have, I mean, if you go back two episodes in our podcast here, I have been treating you wrong and you didn't respond poorly back. Correct. You just That's, walked away hurt. Yes, this is true. And, and I owned 100% of the wrongness in that situation. Right. Because I just did not do well. I didn't respond healthy. I was not behaving the best. Right. So 
the other thing is, is if this has been a pattern in their relationship where he has spent a lot of time and energy trying to get her to admit or take responsibility or accountability for her bad behavior, every time they have an argument going forward, she's already going to be expecting this, this um, messy dynamic right. of him pointing the finger yes. and trying to get her to admit that she's wrong. And you will not be in a great state of mind immediately if you're already expecting the post fight after right. the original fight. Yes, that's you, very true. And and it just becomes this really nasty, toxic kind of uh, relational dynamic between two human beings that needs to be addressed and changed. Yeah. How do you think it should be addressed and changed? How should it be? How can you remove this from the relationship? Any guesses? Well, first of all, he should listen to our podcast. And it, <laughs> Sorry. I'll answer the question because I was guilty of this. I hate to admit that again, but there were so many times when I approached our problems from that analytic, di diagnostic, detached way of dealing with our problems. And I can still remember being in this house, being in our bedroom where you were standing exactly when you said, um, you're using your counselor voice on me. I need you to be in the fight with me, not outside of it, mm -hmm. diagnosing it. Mm -hmm. And that hit me like a ton of bricks so much so that I still remember mm -hmm. where you were standing and, and what the um, room looked like and I mean it was a transformal transformational moment for me because uh, you were right mm -hmm. it was a psychologically protective posture that I maintained to analyze fights rather than be in fights with you because it is much more vulnerable to be in the messy mm -hmm. situation with you than to be outside of it and detached. Right. But it is a massive disservice and unfair way of relating to you. Right. I need to be emotionally engaged, not just cognitively engaged. Right. And I will admit, I actually took pride in being that detached relational style. I actually thought of it as superior. I'm able to regulate my emotions. I'm not as irrational. I'm not as reactive. Yeah. I am not as uh, um, unstable as my wife. I'm actually better than, wiser than, more mature than. Right. Talk about a prick. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about a horrible attitude to have towards my wife. Right. And, and I'm embarrassed to to say this, but I I did and I was. And it's easy to slip back into that. Right. Well, and and what played into that even deeper for me is because I'm a highly sensitive yeah. person. And so I felt like that my high sensitivity yeah. was always getting blamed for not being able to sure. handle my emotions or, or all of that kind of stuff when I didn't realize that you had, that's what you were thinking or how you were feeling. Yeah. But I sure as heck felt it. Yeah. I absolutely 100% felt it, even if you didn't 
verbalize those thoughts and things. So let's do a kind of a data set of one here. Let's kind of talk about our own personal experiences. Because when I started to change, when I started to be in the fights with you, and I started to show my emotions, my frustration, my disappointment, when I became emotionally engaged. Oh, that was freaking scary. <laughs> how fun was that? Well, here's... Here's why it was so scary for me because, well, first of all, strong feelings are feel double the size to me sure. just because of my nature. But because I had never, how many years had I not experienced I've that? I've never shown you that side and of me. And so I was like, who is this? Yeah. Who are you? What did you do with my husband? Yes. Yeah. And so it was really hard to to figure that out. It, it really tip the balance scales for yeah. for a long while yeah. for me to to that that was not what I was asking for when I was asking you to be in it yeah and so and even sometimes still it's like ooh, too much too much yeah so yeah. you don't like it when I have strong feelings it's hard yeah it's hard it's I try uncomfortable it is yeah so I will in in that case say that have being a highly sensitive person does have its downfalls disadvantages sure disadvantages for sure, but for sure but um yeah how so, did i try to mitigate some of that i can remember at times going honey you've asked me to be in this yes. with you all right now i am i'm doing two things in my head right now it's called meta awareness i am analyzing what's happening between us and kind of Again, the camera's pulled back mm -hmm. and I'm looking at where I'm standing and my posture and your standing and your posture mm -hmm. and your tone and, and all these things. And so I'm kind of diagnostically looking at this at the situation, but I'm not going to just do that. I'm going to put that on the back burner and I'm going to be in this with you. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to risk showing you my yes. feelings. Yes. His response here, I would suggest, is actually a way for him to stay psychologically safe. Mm. by keep being detached from the situation right. and he has seen that as a higher value or more maturity or or greater value in right. some way and he's now expecting his wife to respond the way that he responds and he's going to be highly disappointed in that yeah so you can mitigate some of that by going honey you've asked me to be in this with you so i'm going to be emotional i'm going to give you my emotions i'm right. not going to be irrationally emotional but i'm going to be congruent yes i'm feeling angry at you instead of me showing my anger passive aggressively <laughs> by analyzing how your tone is so bad and and explaining what you could be right. doing better which is lovely passive aggressiveness right. i'm gonna go honey i'm pissed off at you you're driving me nuts and right. i'm gonna let you see my anger overtly instead of passively right we, it, it's very helpful and you still do this with me you still share those those pieces while you sit in your feelings and express your feelings you still sometimes yeah. i need to hear that sometimes yeah. it's helpful it kind of keeps me a little bit grounded yeah um i wish i i really wish that that we had known this or learned this early in our marriage because i did not have a lot of emotional resilience yeah. coming into our marriage yeah. And so to to not be exposed to your emotions for however many years, right. ten years yeah. plus, yeah. Um, well, it was probably more than that yeah. because it was in this house. Yeah, easily. Um, I didn't have the opportunity to build up that emotional resilience. Yeah. So so thirty years into our marriage, 
I'm still on the low side mm. and it, I'm still growing in that area. I'm still building that. So it's so not. So what you're saying is we should practice by having more fights and I could have more strong emotions around you so you can build that emotional resilience. Well, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just saying be patient with me when I don't have as Fair much enough. emotional resilience. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll, I'll admit that, you know, showing all my emotions and and. and being really vulnerable and transparent is really hard for me still. Right, because uh, honestly, in 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 the beginning of our marriage, I maybe three or four times that I ever saw you like yeah. lose your temper, yeah. and I was like, whoa, "Whoa, what is that?" Yeah, here's a little bait I'm and like, switch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I still remember the very first time, yep. and I was like, "Did did not see that coming." Yeah. So. That's what sometimes you find out. Yeah, it is. And and you grow and learn yeah. and you make a commitment to. But it's my job to learn how to make that easier on yes. you. I got to take responsibility for that. I get to apologize for that. I get to demonstrate understanding of that. I get to demonstrate growth in that. I get to demonstrate I'm not going to continue to react that way. Mm-hmm. Um I'm going to understand what you need. Again, I learned that standing up and walking out of the room (laughs) and leaving you in your pain is not a great idea. Mm -hmm. That's not a good thing to do. So I've learned how to stay in the room with you even if I don't want to because that's what you need and that's how I'd show love to you even if I don't like you in that moment. We Mm -hmm. learn all these things about each other. Right. But um, I would argue, I would suggest that they're possibly, I mean, we don't know these people. This is, we don't have the full story. We're getting one one side of the story here, we understand all the limitations in trying to kind of answer some of these questions that we find that people are asking about relationships. Um, but uh, I guess pulling into our own story, um, a lot of men's reactions uh, when they go cognitive and rational and accusatory of trying to get you to be different or take responsibility is actually rooted in our own insecurity mm-hmm. and a psychologically safe strategy that we've learned growing up so that we don't have to be vulnerable. We don't have to be transparent. Right. We can be kind of above and outside of those situations to try to, try to keep us safe. And um, learning how to do that better is better. Yes, it is. So that's what we're going to try. Awesome. This was a good one. I didn't expect yeah. it to go here, but it, it, it did. Yeah. You know what I think we should do? Yeah, I do. Go ahead. I think you should tell everyone about our marriage cruises coming up in April. April. Of next year. Of next year, 2024. Honey, yes. where are we going to go? We are going on a cruise. To? The cruises oh, go all over the world. You want to know where the cruise is? We're going uh, to the Western Caribbean out of Galveston, Texas, yes. round trip. Uh, I think we're going to Cozumel, Costa Maya, and uh, no, Roatan. Roatan. And I think is there one more? one more? It's on our website. Yeah, I can't remember. What at boat the are we going on? We are going on Harmony of the Seas, which is Royal Caribbean. It's one of their Oasis class ships. It's a big one. Big honking boat. Very, very big. Yeah. Lovely. What kind of rooms can you stay in? What kind of cabins can you pick from? Going from We're, the lowest. Yes, we are offering. Um, interior cabins. Interior cabins. And then we have a couple ocean view cabins. That's where you have a giant porthole, but the window, window doesn't open. The window doesn't yep. open, but you have a view of yep. the ocean Lovely or ocean. outside. Yep. Uh, we have 
a balcony cabin, but it's an interior balcony cabin. Which sounds weird, but Which sounds it. weird. But um, on the ship, there's this beautiful, lovely area called the Central Park. Central Park. Yep. And there are balcony cabins that face down and you can inward. look down in. Yeah, inward. Yeah. And so you can look down into Central Park. It's, we stayed in one of those. We a, did. A couple of cruises ago. We and did. it was lovely. Yes. And it, then there is what? And then we have your ocean view balcony. Which is a balcony that looks at the, the ocean. ocean and, and the sunsets. And, and yeah, yes. those are also lovely. We usually yes. stay in those and we prefer those and those are great. But we've yes. stayed in all of those we that have. we've listed. So Well, with the exception of an interior. Because interior, but um, we did one close enough. Yes, exactly. We've seen plenty of them on yes, every boat. Yes, that we've we have, been on. and and they're still nice. They're still really nice. Yes. yes. And while we're on the cruise, it's going to be how long? Seven days. Seven days. Yep. So there's usually three sea days yep. on a cruise. Yep. And during the sea days, what are we going to be doing? We're going to be doing some workshops. Marriage workshops. Marriage workshops. Since this yes. is a marriage cruise. Yes, we're going to be learning how to love our spouses better, how to have better connection. All the tools all to the have tools. good relationships. Yep, yep, everything. And those those workshops go all day on the sea no. days? No. Oh, my goodness. No, that would be so long and too much. So we'll probably do from nine to noon with yep. a break in the middle, yep. um, just our mornings. And, and then, then you'll the have the, the whole rest of the day free to enjoy the ship, be out in yep. the sunshine. Enjoy each other. Yep. Um, eat some yummy food. Yes. And then at dinner time, what and, do we typically do? And then we'll have dinners together. Yep. And we'll chat about the day, kind of do whatever, talk about yep. whatever things come up. Um, and it will be just fantastic. Yeah, we'll probably a do a, a couple little things um, on the ship too, just for experiential yeah. activities. And then while we're on the cruise, um, we try to spend an hour or so, um, or hour and a half with each couple one-on-one. -on -one so yes. we can kind of uh, answer any specific questions you have about yep. your issues that you're bringing into the relationship or anything that you want to work on. Yes. So you'll get some one-on-one -on -one time with us. Yep. And, and then the port days, there are excursions that, that you, you can, can go, do. go do. If you want to do some of those with us, you're welcome to go do that. Or if you want to do something on your own, you can do that as well. Yeah. It's going to be just fine. Yeah. And then, um, you know, we'll go see shows and do things. And you're more than welcome to tag along yeah. with us and hang out with us. Mm. And uh, we'll probably have some time blocked out just for ourselves. Exactly. And we'll be happy to let you know yep. that. And yep. we'll be happy to let you know when you can hang out with us. But this but, cruise is ideal for couples that are going, we know that we want to have a really, really good marriage. And there's a couple things that we need to work on. We know that uh, we've been struggling with communication or we know that we haven't been connected as much or, you know, our we keep having, having the same fight over and over, over and, and over. over. And we've been hearing about these tools that these uh, this couple has that has this goofy podcast called Secure Marriage. Right. And we want to learn about some of those tools. But we don't want to go sit in some boring um, hotel uh, conference room and learn about these things. We're going to learn about them in a beautiful part of the world. Right. And actually have experiences to kind of practice right. some of these things. What I absolutely love about this, though, is... I know when when we were earlier in our marriage yeah. and we had kids and things yeah. like that, and we would go to marriage workshops at church yeah. that were a day or whatever, 
and we'd take in all this information. It was a lot to process yeah, in a, a short period of time. And then we'd come home and then we'd have to cook dinner and get the kids ready for bed. And by the time we'd go to bed, we were just exhausted and we never got a chance to debrief yeah. or practice it. And then the next day would roll by and it never got brought up or talked about again. This is an ideal place to be able to take in a lot of information, yeah. have time to process it yeah. and not worry about I do I what am I going to eat for dinner tonight? Yeah. Who's how am I going to get the kids ready yep. for bed? Someone cleans your room, someone <laughs> cooks your food, someone entertains you. It's all there and it's a great balance of learning. Yeah. And a lot of fun. And a lot of reaction. And, and good memories that you make yes. with each other. And, and the other cool thing is, if you have a fight, because it's not like we've never had a fight on a cruise. We <laughs> had our share of fights while we were on a cruise. Yep. We're married. It happens. Yep. If you can't figure it out, yep. we're there. And we would be happy to help you work through it. Yeah, let's, so Let's work through it together. Um, what an amazing... Yeah. And, then to be, and then to build relationships with other couples yeah. who are striving to have better marriages. Exactly. That's just... The, the win, cream win, 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 on win. the cake um, on the top, yeah. the cherry on the top, cherry whatever. On the top. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. So what we're saying is, um, we would love to have uh, you join us on our Secure Marriage cruise coming up in April of next yes. year. You get to go to securemarriage.com/cruise. Um, and and there is a describes everything we just described here, but you can actually fill out a little um, application or informational thing, um, and you'll be able to give a little, give us a little bit of information about yourselves, and then we schedule a time to do a Zoom call, yes. and we just get to know you and make sure this is a good fit for you, and give you all the other information that you have questions about. Yeah. Um, and you get to join several other couples who have already signed up for this and are ready to go. So here's the thing, though. Uh, you want to sign up sooner rather than later because it's kind of a first come, first serve when it comes to the cabin yep. availability. We have a certain number of balcony or, or interior balconies or exterior uh, ocean view balconies or right. blah, blah, blah. So if you want to have the choice of the really good rooms and the really good cabins. At the pricing that we have start, listed. Start. Yes. Uh, don't wait. Um, even if um, you're, you're not quite sure if you can make it happen. Sign, fill it out. It doesn't cost you anything to fill out the information right. and, and to talk chat. to us and, and we can help you figure out kind of how to make that happen. Right. So exactly. Don't let that be a hindrance in yes, some way. Yes, exactly. So Secure Marriage Cruise 2024, April, securemarriage.com slash cruise. Yes. We would love to have you there. Yes, we it's would. It's going to be great. It is. I love it when you do good commercials, darling. <laughs> it's really fun to listen to. But let's be done there. All righty. Sounds All right. good. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. All righty. Goodbye. Bye-bye.